welcome to episode 30 of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I have three questions from Rafe, Lila, and Julia. Before we start, I just want to remind you to send in your questions to the show, which will then also be in the Everything Under the Sun book. If you're listening and you'd like to be in a beautiful book full of drawings, facts and children's questions out next Christmas, then do send me your questions as soon as you can. Just ask an adult to help you record your question, then using their phone, record yourself saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question. Send it in to me at my email molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Thank you for sending them in and I can't wait to answer your questions about anything and everything under the sun. I'll send the first three people to send in a question and everything under the sun bookmark. So on your marks, get set, get sending. Now for our first question, which comes from Rafe. Hi, Rafe. Hi, my name's Rafe and I'm eight years old and I like reptiles and rugby. And my question is, why are reptiles so shy? Bye. Hi Rafe, what a great question. To answer it for you, I have Paolo Viscardi, who is a curator at the National Museum of Ireland. He works in zoology and he knows all about reptiles. I met Paolo when I was writing my first book, The Secret Museum. He showed me all the things that are hidden away behind the scenes of the Horniman Museum, where he used to work. Over to Paolo. Hi Rafe, that's a really good question. Uh, my name's Paolo Viscardi. I'm a curator in the National Museum of Ireland and I work in zoology. Um, I'm going to have a go at answering your question and this is just what I think. Um, there might be some other thoughts out there but what I think happens with reptiles and the reason why they seem so shy is mainly because they're very tasty. I think lots of things like to eat them so there are lots of predators out there looking for them so things like birds of prey so eagles and hawks and things like that. There are things like foxes, cats, all sorts of things and you know as you go around the world you get lots of different animals that actually specialize in eating reptiles. So I reckon being a reptile is a dangerous business and so you have to be quite careful, you have to be quite cautious about how you do things and that comes across as being a bit shy and I think what makes it harder for reptiles than maybe some things like you know, rodents, other things which are very tasty and lots of things want to eat, is that they are cold-blooded. So it means that it takes them a little while to get started, especially in the mornings when it's colder. And so they have to spend time warming up before they're ready to escape from predators to be able to move quickly. And so I think that also stops them from being able to be quite so inquisitive. All those things that make animals seem less shy. So when they go and explore things and, and, and kind of investigate and so on, you only do that if you think you're able to get away if it turns out to be a, a dangerous position to be in. And finally, I think that one of the things about mammals and birds is that they spend quite a lot of time with their parents and often with siblings, with brothers and sisters. Um, when they're growing up and they learn how to behave in a social context so they're kind of interacting with others and I think that with reptiles it's a lot less common um, for that to happen there are a few reptiles that do get reared with their siblings but not many and so I don't think they have the behaviours which you would associate with not being shy they, they don't have the behaviours that allow them to feel comfortable going up to other animals and interacting with them um, in a playful way and I think that's what we see a lot with mammals especially pets so things like cats and dogs that we have around us a lot and even the birds 
birds you see in the garden, they'll often be a bit more inquisitive, a bit more playful, because they do have this experience of being around other animals which are similar to them when they're growing up. And that's much less common for reptiles. So I think that those are the main reasons why reptiles come across as a bit shy. I hope that answers your question. Keep thinking of good questions. It's a great one. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks so much, Paolo, for your brilliant answer about reptiles and why they're so shy. I hope that answers your question, Rafe. Our next question is about reptiles too. One particular reptile that can walk on water. Hello, Molly. My name is Lila and I'm five and a half and I'm from London but I live in Texas. And my question is, how do some lizards walk on water? Hi Lila, what a brilliant question and thanks so much for sending me your amazing drawing of a lizard walking on the water. Well, there's one particular lizard that can walk on water. It's called the basilisk lizard and it lives in the trees in Central America. It can walk on water, well actually it can run across water for about 4.5 metres, running 1.5 metres a second before it sinks into the water and swims. It's sometimes nicknamed the Jesus lizard because of its incredible skill. In the Bible, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark and John, there is a tale of Jesus walking across the Sea of Galilee. And this is a great miracle. Well, how does the lizard do it then? It's not a miracle like Jesus. To find out how the basilisk lizard can walk or run across the water, some researchers filmed the lizards running over water using a high-speed video camera. They sprinkled little reflective beads into the water that sparkled. Then they watched how the beads in the water moved as the lizard ran across the water. What they saw was that the lizard's run has got three different movements, which they called the slap, the stroke, and the recovery. In the slap part of the run, the lizard's foot went downwards into the water. In the stroke, it moved backwards. And in the recovery, the foot went up and out of the water, ready to take a next step. In the slap bit, the lizards make up a little bubble of air around their foot that helps to keep them upright. The lizards have to keep moving quickly to keep their balance so they don't fall over. It's just like riding a bike. When you do that, you need to keep pedaling because if your bike stops moving, you'll topple over. It's the same for lizards. When they're walking across the water, they need to keep going or they'll fall down into the water. These incredible lizards have got long toes on their back legs. So when they slap, it's with a flat foot. So a lot of their foot hits the water. It's a bit like when you do a belly flop, going into a swimming pool rather than a dive and lots of your tummy hits the water and you go splat. That's what the lizard does with its foot. This helps the lizard to run on water. If you think about it, when you do a belly flop, you sink less quickly into the water than when you do a lovely dive. As it runs, the friction from the water on the feet during the stroke and recovery means over time the basilisk loses the speed it needs to recover its foot from the water fast enough to keep itself upright. So after about 4.5 metres, they start to sink and then they're in the water and they have to swim. Still, it's pretty clever moves from the basilisk lizard, I think. Next time you skim a stone across the water, think of the lizard. The larger and flatter the area of a stone hitting the water, the more likely it is to bounce and skim and not sink straight away. A bit like the lizard's foot. So now we know all about how basilisk lizards use their toes to walk on water. I hope that answers your question, Leela. So that's basilisk lizards and their toes. What about humans and our toes? For a question about our toes, let's head over to hear from Julia. Hi, Julia. 
Hi, my name is Julia. I'm nine years old, and I like skiing. Um, my question is, um, what are your toes for? Hi, Julia. Well, that's a great question. We don't use our toes to walk on water like basilisk lizards. We need our toes to help us walk on the ground. If you look at your foot from the back of your heel to the front of your toes, each part of the foot gets more flexible as you go from heel to toe. When we walk, our heel hits the floor first. This is the really hard, tough part of the foot, so it takes the bang of hitting the floor. Then as you take a step, the bottom of your foot touches the ground this part is full of muscles that, with your Achilles tendon on the back of the foot and all the muscles, they help lift your heel up, pushing you forwards onto your toes, before your toes then push you into your next step. Walking and running is a bit like falling down and catching yourself with every step, and it wouldn't work without our toes. So why do we have five toes? Well, it's probably to give us good balance. It is possible that the whole thing could work with less toes or one giant toe. Sprinters often have longer toes than non-sprinters. The longer toes gives people more force so that they can run fast, but it takes up more energy to run with long toes, so it's only helpful if you're running or sprinting a short distance. Short toes, on the other hand, are good for long distance running and walking. Humans are really good at walking for a long time because our toes and feet work without using up too much of our energy. So our toes really do help us walk and make us human. Some animals walk on their toes. They are called digitigrades. Cats, dogs, birds all do this, and dinosaurs did as well. Animals that walk using their whole feet, like humans, bears, baboons, alligators and frogs, are called plantigrades. I hope that answers your question, Julia. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to Paolo Viscardi for talking to us about reptiles. And of course, a big thank you to Rafe, Julia and Lila for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Please do send in your questions. There's lots of information about how to do it on the show's website, everythingundersun.co.uk. Do remember, the questions are also heading into a book. So if you want to be in the book, quickly send in your questions as soon as you can. If you like the show, please do rate, review and subscribe and tell your friends to do the same as it really does help. Thank you so much. Wishing you all a really lovely week. Thank you and goodbye.